0: and open my mouth lord that i may speak your truth in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen well when i was a child i used a program called play school some of you may be old enough to remember others are going to be far too young but during that program children had to guess which of three windows the camera would peer through the round window the arch shape you found out whether you were right and the camera would then peer through the window and a story would unfold the other side as you observed what was happening. Today I want us to observe this story about healing of the ten lepers but look through the cross. So what do we see through that window? First of all I'm struck by suffering. We see ten men all with a horrible skin disease. They were on that lonely borderland between Samaria and Galilee, forced there to be away from people in quarantine, if you like, certainly socially distillated. Imagine what life was like for them an awful picture of suffering and need. And it reminds me of TV pictures when there's a flood in the world. Sometimes you often see. Animals congregating on the remaining land for safe natural enemies gathering together on the same piece of land. Here, need: people of difference were thrown together. And in this story of the lepers, Jews are together with an enemy, a Samaritan. Their common need was the overriding factor: the man with the hands helping them move on. And it was a pretty hopeless scene, yet a symbol of the suffering that we see, sadly, in our world today. We live in a world where there is so much illness and grief. We recently, many people have experienced unemployment, exclusion, loneliness, all kinds of suffering. We had no idea that a pandemic was about to strike. We had no idea what its impact would be upon the world. And one thing that COVID-19 taught us is not to take things for granted. To use an analogy that's used, the pandemic came like a thief in the night, stealing away our freedoms, our health, and in too many cases, life itself. As we are beginning to reclaim those freedoms, as we start to rebuild community navigating an in-between time if you like borderland <laughs> and enter a new land our jerusalem we pray a new normal how will we respond to that opportunity well i want us to begin by remembering that jesus stepped into a world of suffering borderlands on his way to jerusalem And so, first of all, let's remember the suffering that the pandemic has left behind and the suffering that was there already. The second thing I see in this story is people crying out, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus met ten lepers. They stood to comply with the Jewish law, and it was thought that this disease was a sign of moral uncleanness at the time, a judgment against disobedience. And so the leper cast out, cut off from the people of God, and not just for hygienic reasons. In our gospel lesson, the lepers cried out to Jesus. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They should have cried out unclean, but they didn't. How often do, when we're asked how we are, do we say what people expect us? Here, they weren't fine. They cried out for help and many of us that. and hear the ten men say what's on their hearts, perhaps they'd heard about Jesus, they were so desperate for help. And as we inhabit this new borderland as a Christian community, firstly, do we hear the cripple? Do we look deeply into the eyes of people and see how they really are? Do we see need where it is? Are we honest about our own need? Jesus saw the men, not just lepers, and he had compassion. The third thing, as the story unfolds, we witness the hope that there is in Jesus. What sort of things do you hope for today? What are others hoping for? Let's look back into our cross-shaped window. Jesus hears the 10 lepers, lepers and he responds with compassion every need and neither can we but it's important that we do exercise passion when we're prompted to do so and that's exactly what Jesus did and our Lord's power to heal and overcome evil in the world is demonstrated it says when he said go show yourself to the priests this was a procedure that had to be followed they had been cured and we read as they went they were cleansed. In other words, the healing power of our loving Lord was experienced as they responded in obedience. Now, we have to be careful here that it's not easy as just doing something and therefore we find healing. But I do believe obedience is key to unlocking blessing. There is hope in Christ, But we need to listen to what he is saying. The gospel is that Jesus died, that we might live, that we might be forgiven, that we might... Are we listening for his voice? And one day, I pray that that hope will be known as Jesus comes again and others will be drawn to him. It's as though as we go and as we stay, God is able to do his work not just blessing us, but blessing others. It's as we live in obedience that we see miracles of his grace, but also we are prepared for his coming. Number four, the reality of self-centeredness. Ten people were healed, but for some reason, sounds like a cat commercial, doesn't it, uh, did not return to thank Jesus. It's difficult to understand, isn't it? Imagine if you'd been healed, Wouldn't you be running and jumping and kissing and hugging? I think I would. I'd want to shake that man by the hand. But that's not what happened. And we don't really know why. We can only guess. Were they too busy? They wanted to tell everyone to to share their news with others. Perhaps they're right. A, A justice was just being put right and at last justice had been done to thank Jesus and went off and so they all forgot. We don't know the reasons but all we know is that only one person returned to give thanks. I think sin for me is selfishness. The world centres around me and not God and not other people and sometimes in our self-pity uh, for very good reasons sometimes, we, we forget to be a grateful and a thankful people. Yet get Jesus on the cross to deal with sin, to transform us, to enable us to find feeling, and he did that through his sacrificial loving. He enabled others to find life through his resurrection. Are we sometimes too self-centered, if we'd admit it? that we don't thank God often enough for his ball list, the complaints that we have through this pandemic and many of them are very real but have we taken time to thank God for his blessings thank the Lord if we're too self-centered to give thanks giving all that God has for us So, through my cross-shaped window, we see people crying out for help, hope in Jesus, the reality of self-centeredness, and then we see wholehearted gratitude. One man did respond, and he was Samaritan, the least likely to thank a Jew. Nothing to do with Samaritans. But on that borderland, Jesus crossed the boundaries, and so does the person who was healed. And sometimes it's the least likely people who seem to be able to express gratitude. Look at the world of the world. We see the greatest release of praise and thanksgiving. He lays at Jesus' feet and he gives thanks with a grateful heart. He prostrates himself at the feet of Jesus. He worships him and he throws his whole self to his thanksgiving. Surely a fitting response to God's love and grace what does she rise and go? Your faith has made you well or your faith has saved you, is another translation. The man wasn't just physically healed, his eyes were spiritually opened to And if we in our community, in our worshipping community, we can actually have a greater spiritual insight our whole selves into praise. Great things can happen and more miracles of God's grace. I believe God has been faithful to us, certainly here at Methodist Central Hall Westminster during lockdown. We've witnessed that as a church in our own families. Even when the worst has happened, We have had that promise of eternal life that has carried us through. Will we be God's thankful people? Will we navigate this borderland thing? We must remember that we will be held accountable for all that the pandemic is the greatest challenge that this generation has faced how are we going to respond? Our epistle lesson reminds us that one day Jesus will come like a thief in the night at a time when no one expects. His coming will involve judgment and salvation. We don't know when this will be. Jesus didn't know when that would be. We simply have to be vigilant and watchful and obedient. And Paul's emphasis is on the Thessalonian Christians being children of light who will not be taken by God's appearance. And the end of that passage that we heard from Paul, we hear Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances for you in Christ Jesus. So, my prayer let us rise and go. In Jesus' name, serve our neighbours with faith and grace and radical hospitality and sacrificial generosity. Amen.